Chapter 19, Throne Games. While those who choose Yahweh and his Torah, that is of love, are living in the new Eden, that's Hokmah's womb, the Bible prophesy, prophecies tell us the rest of the world will still be going about their business of nation building and destroying. In fact, Daniel 7 tells us there will be three more world ruling empires after the lion and eagle kingdom falls. Remember earlier, we talked about the next world ruling kingdom, which takes down the current three-part kingdom, is the bear. Unless a person, while excluding the younger generations, has been living in a cave, they know the bear is Russia. The Daniel 7 prophecy shows us the bear defeats the first modern world dominating empire with the three ribs in its mouth. Again, the line with the eagle's wings that got plucked off is obviously Britain. The eagle's wings rose up to become an even greater power, which of course is the United States. <clears throat> to flesh out that prophecy, we find Jacob giving his blessings to his twelve sons in Genesis 48. There he split Joseph's blessing between his two grandsons, Manasseh and the younger brother Ephraim. But much to the chagrin of Joseph, Jacob put his right hand on the head of Ephraim, the younger brother. The right hand indicated the greater blessing, which always went to the older. But in this case, Ephraim the younger was promised to become the more powerful and wealthy of the two, which is exactly what happened. Britain is modern Manasseh, and United States, that is the eagle wings, is the younger brother who went on to become much more populous with our many nation states and powerful and wealthy. But again, the next kingdom to arise, the bear, which is Russia, has three ribs in its mouth indicating a third element of this first modern world-dominating kingdom. It seems the only logical explanation is the third rib denotes the modern nation of Israel, that is, the Jews. After all, this modern nation of Judah was created by Britain and the United States, which makes them very much a part of the three-branched kingdom. Although small, they certainly share in the wealth and power of the other two coparts, that is, Britain and the U.S. <clears throat> Extending out the Daniel 7 prophecies with the heavenly signs, Everything meshes perfectly, considering the second solar eclipse signals Yahweh's remembrance of his covenant with his people, where they're taken on the wings of a great eagle to a place of protection, covering and provision in Zion. The second eclipse no doubt signals the arrival of the Nemesis solar system, where all the global, globalist elites in the U.S. dive into their underground cities for protection. Interestingly, virtually all the experts agree it will be approximately three years for the dust to settle and the air clear where they can emerge and begin the rebuilding. In fact, the globalists in the U.S. are coming, are counting on the population, that is the nationalists of the U.S., to be so decimated they'll be able to emerge unchallenged to set up their new one-world socialist communist government, that is a dictatorship. Looking at the world, it's quite obvious there are two other major powers besides the U.S., which the globalists mistakenly believe are on board with them that is, Russia and China. But Russia, that is Putin, has clearly demonstrated he's planning to be the next world ruling power by resurrecting the Tsar dynasty. The other big mistake the globalists are making is trusting China. From where I stand, China is only pretending to cooperate with the NWO people to their own advantage. They, like Russia and Islam, by the way, are also planning to be the next world dominant empire as well. With that in mind, after the devastation of the nemesis system, Russia will also be emerging from their underground bunkers with one big difference from the globalists. Putin has built underground cities and bunkers to save as many of his people as possible. 
In fact, in 2018, he conducted a massive evacuation drill and reportedly was able to get some 40 million of his people into his underground bunkers. <clears throat> China also wants to save as many of their people as possible, but doesn't have the resources for, for very many underground bunkers and has instead been building ghost cities. <clears throat> Apparently, these ghost cities are for housing the people whose homes and cities on the coastlines get destroyed, which everyone agrees will be the result of coming monstrous tsunamis. Obviously, when the dust settles, the one with the most that is saved population and resources will be Russia, and most likely China running a close second. Naturally, it only fits, fits those two will be swarming into the U.S. to take what is left. But again, if we're to accept the prophecy of the Bear Kingdom, after seeing the lion with the eagle's wing kingdoms come to fruition exactly as prophesied, we can be sure Russia is going to defeat the globalists and the Chinese in the battle to be the next world-ruling empire. <clears throat> we must keep in mind the woman in her protected or covered place, which I believe is someone in the United States, now finds herself at the Day of Atonement, that is, ten years from the Feast of Trumpets, which means the rest of her commandment-keeping people, that is, the Western Christian nations, who are still alive and repentant, will begin their exodus out of their countries to join the woman in the new promised land of Eden. No doubt Yahweh will be granting his people favor in the sight of the new Russian Empire to be allowed to grow and prosper as Israel was in ancient Egypt, at least until the slavery at the end. <clears throat> Looking down the road in Daniel 7, we see the beast power that takes down the bear is a leopard with the wings of a fowl. Interestingly, the leopard is the angelic prince of Germany, and as to the wings of the fowl, the rooster is the angelic prince of France. So apparently those two once again reunite Europe to throw off the yoke of the bear. Looking at the layout of the world, we see most of the natural resources such as oil and gas come through Ukraine, which is why Putin was so adamant to re-annex it to his new Tsar kingdom. But in doing so, Europe is largely under Russia's control, which is why it's only a matter of time before Europe, led by Germany and France, throw off the bear's yoke. On the other side of the world, when Russia is attacked by Europe, that is the leopard with the wings of a fowl, they no doubt will be forced to withdraw their troops back to defend Mother Russia. How interesting that North America will suddenly be free and again belong to Yahweh's people. With that in mind, and considering the average age of a world-ruling kingdom is about 250 years, what a coincidence that time meshes perfectly with the prophecies for the great resurrection of Ezekiel 37. <clears throat> With that in mind, the people of Yahweh have to build an infrastructure to support the instant population boom caused by the great resurrection of the whole house of Israel. That resurrection in Ezekiel 37, according to Hosea 6, the Hosea 6 prophecy, the third day will be in the neighborhood of the year 2280, give or take a decade. That's a perfect time frame to have built an infrastructure for the millions, if not over a billion people, to be resurrected. Moving on, according to the prophecies of world-ruling empires, the last and final one, the one that defeats the leopard with the wings of a fowl, is the dragon. <clears throat> this last beast power is the most vicious and terrible of them all. Of course, everyone who hasn't been living in a cave knows who the dragon in these modern times is. China. <clears throat> but interestingly, that last kingdom of the dragon is apparently the final arrival of the new one world that is merchandising order. Considering this last beast has incorporated the two before it with its bear's feet, that's Russia, and one of its heads being that of the leopard, interestingly, we 
What we don't see with that final beast kingdom is the lion or the eagle. Obviously, the reason is they are now with Yahweh's people in the new land of Eden. The dragon, apparently having been released from the pit, that's in Revelation 27 through 9, finally assembles its new one world trading order, which it's been attempting ever since having its trading empire destroyed anciently. With all that population under its spell now, it now has the means to muster that astonishing standing army of 200 million, which it sends against Yahweh's people in the new promised land or the land of Eden, that is, the land of unwalled villages. <clears throat> A good case can be made. This is the infamous battle of Revelation 16.16 called Armageddon, and where Revelation 14.20 speaks of blood running as deep as the horse's bridle and some 200 miles. Wow, that's one heck of a lot of blood. We can't be completely sure this is the battle of Ezekiel 39, where those in the New Eden do not lift a finger to defend themselves as Yahweh's army of angels slaughter them all, but it is a strong possibility. <clears throat> With that battle in mind, and considering the people in Eden have no army, defense, or borders such as walls, why would this people called Gog and Magog, who the scriptures tell us are descendants of Japheth, that is the father of the Oriental people, feel the need to send such a massive army? As mentioned before, the land Yahweh's people occupy by necessity has to be a massive land, big enough for the whole house of Israel to reside, each with his own vine and fig tree, that is, property. We must also remember the people there will be having children. In fact, the book of Jubilees tells us the people living in the New Eden will have the entire period to choose Yahweh and Hokmah and his Torah, that is, up to a thousand years. Without any death and or disease, the population of Eden could grow easily grow to huge numbers over that period of 800 years. That number could easily be billions. But then the rest of the world will clearly see these people are a very blessed people with no need of defenses. At any rate, the scriptures make it clear the world condition outside the garden will be just as before the great flood of Noah. Remember, the watchers locked in the pit are released before the millennium during that three and one half year tribulation and apparently once again set themselves up as ruling gods and kings, that is, outside of Eden. When Eden has played out its allotted millennial period, the time of indecision, that is, in choosing Yahweh and his Torah versus the dragon, will come to a close. Again, 1,000 years is a metaphor for a long period of time, which we know by the Feast of Tabernacles is actually only 800 years. But what a merciful God we have in Yahweh to give everyone that entire period of the new Eden to choose him and Hokmah or not. Then, as the 800 years allotted for the new Eden wind to a close, there is a judgment period for the rest of humanity. Revelation 20 makes it clear this will be the time period the dragon has been once again released from its prison, the pit, where it then scours the earth to assemble all still outside Eden to fight against Yahweh and his people. Again, at this point, the dragon rounds up all the earth except Eden to make war against Yahweh, but then it's all that's going to be left in the world outside of Eden. And those who refuse Yahweh and his Torah love, and those who have been unable to choose. Strangely, the scriptures do not give us many details of this judgment, but the scriptures make it quite clear it's the time Yahweh returns, that is the day of Yahweh, to put down to judge that last dragon kingdom before the infamous lake of fire. 
It seems it's here Yahweh performs his last and final act before burning the earth in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. After the burning of the old physical world and all the evil ones left, he then rebuilds the new heavens and new earth, that's in Revelation 21, and brings his new city of Jerusalem down from heaven where he dwells forever. The next chapter explores the prophecies of what happens next, as well as exploring some possibilities of what may be written between the lines. There are some pretty major and exciting possibilities, as you'll see.